Well, church, uh, today uh, we have entered into a new season of the church calendar. Having started in Advent uh, with the anticipation and the waiting for a Savior, and and having either celebrated or observed, whichever was appropriate, uh, Christmas, when our Savior was born, Epiphany, when our Savior was made known to all of the world, Lent, Uh, When we uh, prepare ourselves for our Savior's death and are reminded of our own mortality. Holy Week, uh, when Jesus was crucified and when he was died and when he was buried. Easter, when we celebrate that Jesus rose again from the grave. And Pentecost, uh, when the Holy Spirit was sent to indwell all of the believers. Having celebrated all of that. Which is basically uh, a summation of all of salvation history. Having celebrated all of that, now in ordinary time, we remember and we celebrate what happened next. Which was the expansion of faith and the growth of the church throughout the world. This is the story of the book of Acts. Where having been filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the church began to grow and faith began to spread. And the message of salvation that was available to all uh, through Jesus was taken by his disciples as Jesus had instructed them into the very ends of the earth. That's what happened after Pentecost. And that's what continues to happen to this very day. And so while ordinary time is a season of the church calendar that we observe, it's also the permanent reality in which we live our lives until the Lord comes again. We live in a time when faith in Jesus is spreading and where the church is growing all around the world. If you've ever read the book of Acts or you've ever heard a powerful testimony of how Jesus has changed someone's life, then you will know that there is nothing ordinary about what happens in ordinary time. Now, as an aside, ordinary time isn't actually named after the adjective that describes something as plain or boring or mundane. Uh, Instead, it's named after the concept of ordinal numbers, right? Uh, Because the season is counted or ordered uh, by numbering the weeks of the season. So if you look at the front of your bulletin, it will say the first week of ordinary time. And next week will be the second week of ordinary time. And so on and so forth. But the play on words is still fun. Uh, because ordinary time really is extraordinary. And so for this week and next, and in a sense for the entire summer, uh, we're going to be both considering and experiencing That extraordinary, ordinary time emphasis on the growth of faith. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open it with me to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, beginning in the second verse. As we look at one of the ways in which the faith uh, and the church, both in Thessalonica and around the world, has grown in this ordinary time. And how we can participate in that growth. What we see in this passage is that after giving thanks to God for the church in Thessalonica in verses 2 and 3. Beginning in verse 4 and 5, Paul acknowledged the sincerity of the Thessalonians' faith by the evidence of the fact that the gospel that he preached to them was received not only with words... 
but in the power of the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. In other words, it changed their lives. So the evidence of their sincere faith was that they heard the good news about God in Christ. And the power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it changed them. Changed their priorities. Changed their behaviors. Changed their convictions. Changed their attitudes. Changed their relationships. The good news of the gospel changed them. And it is this change in the lives of the Thessalonians which Paul then points to as a catalyst which caused faith to spread and the church to grow. Look with me at how that happened in verses 6 and following where Paul says that you became imitators of us and of the Lord by receiving the word with joy in the midst of great affliction. Verse 7, so that you became an example to all of the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Now, Macedonia and Achaia were geographic regions which basically covered all of modern-day Greece. So the faith of the Thessalonians and the example that they set in imitating Paul's life and in imitating Jesus' life, that became known all over Greece. The faith of the people in this particular city became known throughout the entire country. But that's not all, because in verse eight, Paul continues when he writes, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything for they themselves, the the people from all over everywhere, they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception that we had among you and how you turned from God or to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And what Paul is saying is that the witness of their lives and the testimony of their faith had spread to such a degree that Paul no longer had to say anything Because the gospel was being preached and the word of the Lord was going forth merely through the stories about the transformation that had taken place in the lives of the Thessalonians. Their testimony was preaching. The story of their lives and the transformation that had taken place in them was proclaiming the glory of God. And it was spreading like wildfire. All over their country and beyond. And this is the very simple point that I want to make today. And that I want for us to consider for the next couple of weeks and throughout the summer. That point is this. That their testimony was causing faith to spread and the church to grow. The story of how God had transformed their lives ended up becoming an example for others and encouraging others and inspiring faith in others. The story of their lives was spreading the faith and building the church. 
And that reality ought to cause us to ask ourselves the question, are we sharing our stories with others? Is the testimony of our lives being told and shared? And is it going forth in such a way that it stirs faith and encourages growth in others? If so, praise be to God and, and, and continue to keep your story going forth. But if not, why not? Is it because we're not experiencing transformation in our lives and so we don't have anything to tell? That would be a troubling and a worrying reality for Paul who viewed transformation of life as a sign of the sincerity of one's faith. Or is it because we're not sharing our stories with one another? So that our stories aren't encouraging others because they're not being heard. We have to take that question seriously. And we have to consider that challenge honestly because it's not just the Thessalonians' testimonies that encourage growth in the church. It's, it's supposed to be everyone's. This is one of the ways in which God has purposed for His church to grow and for faith to increase and to spread. We see this a little later in our passage this morning and throughout the New Testament. In chapter 2 of our passage in 1 Thessalonians, Paul is describing his ministry among the Thessalonians which is in and of itself a testimony. And in verse 8 of chapter 2, Paul summarizes by saying, We were so affectionately desirous of you. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. The NIV translates that passage this way. It says, We loved you so much. That we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul saying that when he came among the Thessalonians, that he preached the gospel to them absolutely, but he also shared his life with them. He instructed them in the faith, certainly, but he also gave them a glimpse into his own life. And how, how the faith had impacted him. He preached the gospel, of course. But he gave testimony as well. And we see this all throughout Paul's ministry. In Corinth, which was a church that Paul had a very tenuous relationship with. But Paul laid himself bare before that church. He shared all kinds of weaknesses and all kinds of vulnerabilities and all kinds of trials that he had gone through. And he did this not ultimately to point to himself and to his weaknesses, but in order to point to God, whose strength was made perfect through Paul's weaknesses. His story served to glorify God. And it wasn't just in Corinth where Paul did this. He did it almost everywhere that he went. To the church in Rome, Paul highlighted the struggle that he had with sin in order to demonstrate that it was only the Spirit of God who could set him free. In Ephesus, he spoke of how he was the least of all of the saints of God in order to emphasize the grace that God had given in choosing him to be an apostle. To the Philippians, he shared about his imprisonment, how he was bound and imprisoned, so that he could celebrate how the word of God could not be bound. 
In his pastoral letter to Timothy, Paul recalled all of the ways that he was the worst of all sinners in order to underscore that no one is beyond the grace of God. Over and over and over again, Paul did this. He highlighted his weakness in order to demonstrate God's strength. He spoke of his inability in order to showcase God's capability. He was open about his sinfulness in order to magnify God's holiness. He emphasized his need in order to show forth God's gracious provision. Paul preached the message of the gospel everywhere that he went for sure. But he also gave testimony of his life in those places as well. As an explanation and a proof of the power of the gospel at work in his life. He loved people so much that he shared with them not only the gospel, but his life as well. And you know who else did this? You know who else loved you so much that they shared not only the gospel, but their life as well? Isn't this what God has done for us in Christ? I mean, think about it. God announced the message of salvation long before Jesus ever came to earth. Woven into the very fabric of creation is a testimony to God's power and his goodness. It is always preaching. We sang about it this morning in one of our opening hymns. From the moment that sin entered into the world, God foretold that one of his descendants of Adam and Eve would would crush the head of the serpent. And from that time forward, the gospel has been preached, even if it was veiled, as prophets proclaimed the messages of hope and salvation in God, and as the scriptures were given to God's people to instruct them and to teach them and to point them to God's provision for their lives. The good news of God has always been shared from the very beginning. But God loved us so much that he was delighted to share with us not only the gospel, but his very life as well. And so God sent to us his son. And in the person of Jesus, God wrapped himself in flesh and became a man. And he shared his life with us. He invited us to follow him and to watch him. He invited us to learn from him and to follow his ways. With his 12 disciples in particular, he shared every aspect of his life. So much so that in our gospel reading from this morning, Jesus called them his friends. No longer do I call you servants, Jesus said. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I made known to you. And it doesn't end there. Because Jesus not only shared his life with his disciples, but he's also offered to share it with all of us as well. And so after his death and his resurrection at Pentecost, he sent his Holy Spirit to come and to indwell all of the believers. He sent his life to be lived in us. There is no more intimate or personal or complete sharing of a life than that. God has preached and shared the gospel for sure. But he has also shared with us his very life as well. And that is ultimately the power by which we are changed 
and by which we grow in faith. This is the model that God has given to us. And the impact of it cannot be overstated. I mean, think about how this works. Jesus shared his life with the disciples and then invited the disciples to follow him, which they did. Paul was was one of those disciples, though one abnormally born, as he describes himself. And, And so Jesus shared his life with Paul and then Paul followed Jesus. Paul then in turn shared his life with the churches to which he planted and and, and led. And he encouraged them to follow him as he followed Christ, which they did. The Thessalonians were some of those. Then the Thessalonians shared their stories, which spread around to Macedonia and Achaia and all over. And so those folks followed the examples of the Thessalonians who were following Paul as he followed Christ. One commentator described this pattern as being like a stone thrown into water that continues to create ever-widening circles that are are modeled or imitated after the original. Christ, then Paul, then the Thessalonians, then the Macedonians and Achaeans, then the people everywhere, which at some point down the line includes you and me as well. We are impacted by this also. Our faith has been expanded. This church has grown because of the witness and the example of others who have followed others, who have followed others, who have followed others, who have followed Christ. We've been loved so much that people haven't just preached at us, but that they shared their lives with us. They've been a model and an example, and it's inspired us, and it's changed us. And so I'll ask again, how about us? Are we continuing the ever-expanding circus? Are we intentionally sharing our stories with others, letting our lives be an example to those who see it and hear about it? Are we inviting others to follow us as we Follow Christ. Are we loving people so much that we share with them not only the gospel, but our lives as well? In order to help us grow in doing this, next week, one of our deacons, Teresa Kincaid, is going to model this for us. She's going to share her life with us as she shares the story of her testimony. Teresa isn't a regular part of the preaching team, so you don't get to hear from her up front uh, all that often. But the story of her life certainly preaches. And she loves you so much that she wants to share her life with you. Teresa's story is extraordinary. Not because she is so extraordinary, but because... God has been so extraordinary in her life. In his kindness, in his mercy, in his healing, in his redemptive work that he's done. If you know this dear woman now, but you don't know her story, what she's been through, it's almost hard to believe. 
So you need to come next week and hear it. Because if you've ever faced anything difficult in your life, or if you're facing anything difficult in your life right now, her story will encourage you. And it will give you hope. I believe it will strengthen your faith. And it will strengthen this church. And so next week, Teresa is going to share her story with us. And then over the rest of the summer, what I want to do is I want to invite you to share your stories with one another. Not in any formalized or structured way. We just want to encourage you into a summer of sharing stories. Seek someone out from the church who you may not know well or who you'd like to get to know and ask about their life. Hear the story of how God has been at work in them. Reach out to someone, invite them to coffee, invite them to a meal, invite them to your house, invite them for a drink and share your story with them about how God has been at work in you. Over the course of this summer, let's be intentional to love one another by sharing our lives with one another. And our prayer as we do this more and more and more is that faith will expand. And the church will strengthen and be strengthened and grow. Maybe not everywhere, as in the case of the Thessalonians. Our stories may not impact the whole region, but they might impact the person sitting across the aisle from you today. They may impact the people in this room. They may cause our faith to be strengthened and to grow and for this church to be encouraged and to grow. And from there, who knows? As you'll find out next week, we have a pretty awesome God who can do pretty amazing things in the life of His creatures. Church, in the season of ordinary time, we turn our attention to the spread of faith and to the growth of the church through the work of the Spirit. One of the ways that happens is through the hearing of the stories of God's saints. And so over the course of this summer, let us love one another so much that we will share not only the gospel, but our lives as well. For God's glory and for our good. Amen.